Hello, everyone. This is Brian Zimmerman with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode on AI and healthcare, how to align and optimize. I'm pleased to be joined today by Dr. Tony Oliva, VP and Chief Medical Officer with Nuance and Microsoft Company to discuss how to integrate AI into your organization's yearly strategy. Dr. Oliva, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. Uh, happy to be here. So so let's dive in. And, and the first question here is I'm just going to uh, prompt you to introduce yourself a bit further for folks that, that might not be familiar with you and, and, and just share some some background about the work you're, you're doing at Nuance now. Sure, sure. Sounds good. So Tony Oliva, um, I am a family doc by training. Prior to coming to Nuance, came back, came to Nuance in about 2013. Prior to that, I spent uh, 15 years on the hospital side as a chief medical officer, both at the starting a very small community hospital all the way up to large system CMO. Came over to Nuance, really focused on um, their physician facing and or CDI clinical documentation improvement products, revenue cycle um, improvement products, and obviously some of the physician documentation opportunities that were going on at that time with Dragon and now with um, uh, DAX and uh, other products that we've had uh, over time uh, as we've made the transition. And now recently acquired by um, Microsoft and that whole process has been completed. So we're also um, uh, part of a, a much larger organization now um, with uh, a lot more access, obviously, to technology, research, and development than we had prior. Yeah, yeah, cer certainly. Um, and, and it's an exciting time in healthcare in terms of the, the rise of technology, different technologies, thinking here, of course, of artificial intelligence. And our healthcare leaders have always sought to really cut costs and drive efficiency. But um, the, the hopes for an interest in artificial intelligence being used for, for these purposes has really grown substantially. I, I, I think everybody would acknowledge that. But curious to hear your your exact take on what you think the real opportunities for for artificial intelligence. Thinking about machine learning here too, different different types of technologies in healthcare. What's what's your assessment? Yeah, it's it's really exciting. I mean, in, in really in just the last five years, it's just been um, just been amazing at some of the things that have been coming out and even what we've been able to do. You know, I when I think of opportunity inside healthcare, you know, cost savings always comes up. I think we also forget sometimes about the revenue side um, and where some of these technologies can um, support, you know, revenue production too. And we've cut a lot of cost out of healthcare. And, uh, you know, the, the old adage, you, you can't cost cut your way to success. It just isn't going to work, right? So there has to also be some focus on the revenue side. And yes, there's obviously some great efficiencies and the ability to, um, again, reduce costs with AI. But there is also, because of those efficiencies, um, some real opportunities at, at achieving revenue especially on the physician side, as we talk about opportunities to potentially increase patient loads, capture better documentation for improved revenue on the billing side. So there's many pieces here that the two kind of come together. Um, and I never want to lose sight of what AI could potentially do on the revenue side, as well as on the cost side. 
Yeah, it, it, it's a great point uh, in terms of not uh, having this overemphasis on, on on cost reduction. That's not going to be enough to to achieve success, and and also it doesn't really um, get that mindset that focus on innovation where where a lot of healthcare leaders are are trying to go. And, and thinking here too about sort of, of course, you know, hospital margins are still very very thin, and some some real challenges there. But there has been some stabilization, um, and I, I think perhaps a reengagement among among some organizations in terms of thinking about their their long term strategic planning, capital planning. Um, and really thinking here, my, my question for you then, Tony, is thinking about all of this, how can leaders really effectively incorporate AI into their business strategies? Are there any best practices you can share, tools, resources, any 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 tips for folks out there? Yeah, so great question. Um, boy, I, and, and the opportunities are sort of mind boggling uh, when you think about it, um, which is a challenge, right? Because, you know, the, the concept is sort of where do you start? And I think there's a risk that there's a, a feeling that AI can sort of solve everything, but AI doesn't have to solve anything. There are everything. There, there are things that are already working, right? That that don't really need to be impacted. So how do you start to think about um, this? Margins are returning a little bit, um, but volumes aren't is what you know we're sort of hearing. So that's a real challenge. You know, there's some uncertainty as sort of where did the volumes go and they've not returned to sort of pre-COVID um, numbers. So that's a concern, I think, going forward. And we're really facing some headwinds, um, I think, on the policy side, as far as where um, dollars may come, especially in the Medicare and other um, government programs. So there's still a significant, significant challenge out there. So the question is, you know, whether there's dollars that, you know, you, you want to sort of target towards innovation and AI that are becoming available, or can you even afford not to invest in some of this technology? And as I think about it, you know, the, the best places where we can make the biggest impact is on those things that require Require human beings to do something, right? So, uh, you know, the, the the electronic record's been a great asset, but you still have to get stuff in there, right? It does it doesn't do you any good until something gets put into that record. So, when you think about the manual processes, whether you're a physician, whether you're a nurse, whether you're on the administrative side, on the revenue cycle side, coding, whatever it may be, there are manual. Um, uh, things that have to happen. I have to put documentation into the record. Well, can I do that in a way that makes that easier and less time consuming for me? I'm a nurse. I have to document lots of things all day long. Is there a way I can use technology or voice or um, automation to get some of that stuff into the record so I don't have to look at it, go back to a, um, a computer and actually put it in or do something physically to get that information in. Can I evaluate a record using AI to identify opportunities to improve uh, diagnosis capture or on the inpatient side, improve revenue capture that should be appropriate and is appropriate for what we've done, we just haven't caught it. So I think as you start to look at AI, those are the places where you really need to start to focus on. And I think if you start to sort of prioritize those things and then you add 
in the concept of where can I save costs doing those things and where can I actually add revenue to put to those two things? And if those two things sort of merge, I can save some money and increase revenue. I think that starts to really become your target as we think about that. And unfortunately, you don't, you can't boil the ocean, right? It, there's just so many things that you can do and there's so many people working on so many little niches you have to decide uh, as an organization, you know, where your big opportunities are, where where are you going to get the biggest bang, where are your biggest challenges from the standpoint of both um, efficiency and um, potential of improving revenue and, and cutting costs. Yeah. So you hit on hit on a few things there, really thinking about revenue costs and sort of also the, the the human beings involved improving their experience as well um it, it, and I appreciate the the specificity around do, the documentation example too I think that the, that illustrates sort of where this this planning can really be impactful um I'm, I'm curious if we can get some more specifics maybe on the table here um if you could Tony sort of describe what it kind of looks like when when an organization achieves alignment in their technology and yeah. annual or multi-year business strategies i think it's it's one thing to talk about that as an idea but what does it look yeah. like in practical measures and, and and are there any success stories results that come to mind here yeah no so absolutely so as you think about it, we could talk about the dragon ambient experience for example so the ability to capture ambient conversation and convert that into a note right so in the in the current world you know um or the majority of time we go in and see a patient we capture a lot of information we either enter it into the record and type it in there or we do it afterwards entering information into the record it's sort of been the traditional process the ability to potentially short circuit that process of me actually having to enter the information becomes a huge value prop. And if you think about what, what we've seen is huge time savings for a provider. If you think of, I'm spending 20, 25% of my time documenting during the day and I can shave that, that is significant amounts of time, both for me personally, as well as my potential of, of capturing revenue. And that's what we're seeing in the range of five to seven minutes per patient. So if you can put that into a context of a bigger picture for, you know, an organization looking at, you know, what that opportunity might mean to, to somebody, if you say, and the way I sort of think about this is, yes, it's impactful for me as a single doc, but as a leader, the potential exponential impact on an entire group or organization is is gigantic um, with that type of, of potential um, savings or impact. So um, if you just think about if if you're a 30 physician primary care practice, and because of using ambient technology, you are able to increase just three per patients per day. We're seeing some in the range of, of, of four to six patients a day. But if you were just able to add three patients a day across your group, that's 90 patients a day. That's 18,000 patients a year, potentially in a 30-person group. That is phenomenal when you think about that. So if I'm a leader and I'm thinking, hey, 
I need to increase volume in my primary care practices. We want to bring more patients in. I have two choices to do that. My docs either that are currently seeing patients have to see more. I have to go out and hire new docs, right? 18,000 visits is somewhere in the range of, you know, four, maybe five physicians to do that work, right? That's huge. Um, so if you think about the concept of, you know, going out and hiring five more physicians, um, the cost of uh, even a, you know, at the low end of being, you know, $500,000 per doc, in in bringing them up to speed, you know, you're, you're talking about two million dollars of of potential, you know, um, cost to do that. If you could increase that productivity without without significantly affecting their life and actually making their day better, even seeing three more patients a day, not only do you avoid having to go out and add those um, additional docs, you're talking about adding somewhere in the range of $1.4 million a year in just direct revenue, not even counting the downstream revenue that you get from a family practice doc seeing you know, another patient every day, right? So the, the ROI, um, both from a personal level of me being able to to get through my day easier, not having to redocument things, missing things because I didn't remember them when I went back and documented them, being able to sit in front of my patient and actually have a conversation. And then the potential revenue impacts that, that can come that we just don't think about in those volumes, um, the potential impact on a large multi-specialty provider practice is just huge. And I think as we start to think about AI, we really need to think it about think about it in those terms because there it is the 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 cost difference of hiring a new physician versus giving them AI technology to do their work isn't even close, right? It's not even close. So, I mean that those are real experiences, right? We're seeing that impact. You start to broaden that across all of healthcare. While we're facing a, a provider shortage, while we're facing challenges with access, um, population, wanting to go after markets, different things, uh, recruitment, the potential drip down through healthcare and the impact potentially that could have overall on, on the challenges we're facing overall with healthcare are, are just mind boggling. So that's how I sort of look at this. That's why I'm, you know, you start to get excited about this technology because it is at times even doing a better job of documenting than I would do on my own. And not only am I saving time, I potentially have an impact on revenue. I can see more patients that aren't being seen. So my community gets better care. Uh, access to quality and um, uh, information in real time, being able to go out and find specific information while I'm right there looking at it, potentially using AI to support diagnosis cap uh, or identifying different diagnoses, um, ruling out different diseases. I mean, it just goes on and on. So I just don't think there's any shortage of, of opportunity and the excitement I think we're just starting to feel the just the initial surge of what this could potentially bring us in the future.
Yeah, and I appreciate you sort of flagging that uh, we haven't spent a ton of time on it in, in this conversation t- today, but flagging that potential um, benefit yield for, for patients as well, because it stands to reason, as you sort of pointed out, you're able to see more patients, you're going to be able to um, provide more access to care to, to the community. And I think anybody who's um, tried to schedule a doctor's appointment recently can appreciate yeah. how 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 challenging it is to get in there. So it just seems like a real deep need for for patients too to to have these kind of improvements. It, across the board, it's a win win win. I mean, it just I, I struggle to find the negatives. I really do. It's 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 really hard that that even if there is some negatives, they're offset so dramatically by the community impact the individual provider impact, the financial impact on the organization and the employers of physicians. I mean, the reality is, is most hospitals that have employed physicians, you know, they subsidize those practices, right? They, it just, it's the natural end product of acquiring practices and, and running practices as a large organization versus, you know, a mom and pop. And, and the the opportunity of recapturing some of that re- revenue, putting it back into other things instead of just into supporting physician salaries or provider salaries, and just so many you know opportunities that you really need to think about it differently than just a capital investment as we think about um, where AI can bring in. I mean, we don't think about adding physicians as a capital investment, right? So adding technology that can increase productivity and all of these good down to, we got to think differently about this from a, you know, a senior leadership perspective where is the best to to do that? And and then, I mean, we don't even want to haven't even brought up the concept of what's the impact on burnout? Will it keep more providers practicing because you know they're happier getting out a little earlier during the day? Um, you know, it's um they're able to spend time with their family. They're not doing documentation at 10 o'clock at night when the rest of the family's asleep. There's so many things that I get excited about here that I, I just become no brainers uh, if you think about the need to to take uh, advantage of some of these things. Yeah, the the, the, the documentation side and burnout too is, is another huge piece of this. There's so many implications and possible ways this technology can can touch the the healthcare system. Um, and, and 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 Tony, your your excitement is coming through loud and clear, yeah. and it's <laughs> it, it, and it's great. Yeah, it's it's funny because you know I think back you know, when I was seeing patients all the time and I'm looking at this technology and I'm going, oh, God, how would I, you know, I would have just, I would have given anything to have some of this stuff back. I was writing on paper back when I first started, right? right. So, I mean, it's just, uh, I see this and go, oh my gosh, um, a new physician coming into this world has such a different, is going to have just a such a different view of what they can do in healthcare than what we were capable of doing 25 years ago. It's just, it's it's amazing to me and very exciting, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And I guess as we come to, we move to a close here uh, shortly, but um, I want to get your take then, you know, you, you, you've talked about how this technology excites you, but what do you anticipate this all looks like in the next five to 10 years? Like um, you, you just talked about sort of how a physician coming up is going to have a very different experience than, than you did. What does that experience look like? Yeah, I think, um, so two things. One is huge excitement because there's so much we could potentially do. 
And we need to temper that with what we should be, right? And I think that's the biggest challenge for the industry, for us, right? It's, we could throw all kinds of stuff in front of docs. Is that the right thing to do? What should we be putting? Is it really affecting patient care, patient safety? My um, experience going through as a CMO on the hospital side was very heavy into high reliability. Are we making a, 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 the experience for a patient walking into a hospital safer, walking into a physician's office safer? Um, so anything that we do to add to distractions and other things that may take away from what we can give that are positive, we have to be very careful of. So I think on our side, we have to be cautious. What sounds good sometimes doesn't actually play out good and could be uh, um, problematic. So I think that's one thing. But I do think that as this technology gets better and better and better, some of that will take care of itself. But I foresee, uh, I mean, I foresee the ability of really being able to get back to walking into a room with a patient and just really, truly just having a conversation, talking through what I want to do with that patient, how I want to present the, you know, how I want their care to be, uh, to go forward. What's my plan? And then all of that stuff is being taken and used to develop a plan of interaction with um, post-visit information going to the patient, whether it's direct interaction with patients, getting my orders taken care of and done so that all I have to do is validate um, them so I don't have to actually input them. You know, it's just what did I potentially miss? in high, you know, based on risk, um, based on the conversation and the history of the patient. And there's just so many things that are just going to be at the fingertips of somebody going into the future that we, you know, I used to walk out of the room and go open books. I mean, really, I mean, seriously, and look up stuff that's going to be gone. I'm just going to have to say something or it's going to automatically identify something at risk and just put it there for me. I mean, just a huge difference. Um, but I do think we have to let the technology develop and not get out ahead of it. Because I think sometimes if we get out ahead of it, we potentially could create risk, right? And that's what I think I get on our side. We have to be cautious and thoughtful. We have to put safety first as we, we roll these things out and, um, and present new opportunities to people. Important point there around sort of the, the excitement's great, but you don't want the, the, the excitement sort of cloud judgment in terms of yeah, what, you're, exactly. what you're applying the technology to, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, well Tony, as, as you sort of laid out, like the, the, the implications of this technology touch so many different parts of, of the healthcare ecosystem and, and have a lot of potential to transform the, you know, the care experience for, for, for patients and, and for physicians, of course, too. Um, but there, there's so much here we probably just scratched the surface on or barely touched. Um, so is there anything else before we sign off here you want the listeners to to hear from you on, on, on this topic? Yeah, I, I, um, you know, not, not really. I do think that it's important 
for organizations to really take a step back and think about where are those things that have that biggest impact on my my workforce, my human workforce, that I can make easier for them, right? That the AI or new technologies that are coming out will ease that burden so that the, everyone can practice at the top of their license. There's, there's, there's no value for just putting stuff in. The value is doing the assessment, right? My value as a physician is seeing the patient, evaluating the patient, uh, examining the patient, making a diagnosis and a judgment on a plan to go forward. It's not then going back and putting the stuff in the record, which is important because I need to know what I did and other people need to know what I did. But if I could spend the majority of my time doing that first part, then that's a huge win because then I can do it with more people. Uh, same goes for nursing, respiratory, pharmacy, you name it, right? So the ability to work at the top of your license, not doing those those tasks that, frankly, we could potentially automate. Um, that's where you start to. That's where people should go back, start to focus, talk to experts in the AI community. Where can they help? Where can we help? And then um, you know, start a a good strategic plan going forward about how to do this. I, I think. You don't want to get stuck in this thing where you respond to every single person that comes in the door with a new idea, right? Or a new piece of a puzzle um, that could get crazy, right? So I think you really need to think about a strategy around this. How do I really want to think about AI? How do I mesh all of this stuff together between cost and revenue and efficiency and productivity and my need for human resources and the elevating cost of those human resources so I can get them working at the top of their license. Dr. Oliva, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today and, and really discussing, uh, you know, some exciting opportunities with, with AI and technology and what the future of healthcare can look like. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. We also want to thank our podcast sponsor, Nuance, a Microsoft company. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com slash podcast.